And um, the unique thing about the letter he writes to the church in Philippi is there's not a lot of um, condemnation or reprimanding or really instruction. A lot of the other letters he writes, he, you know, will give correction or um, things like that. But he didn't do that with this letter. So that's why a lot of times we look to the Philippian church as a good model. Because you figure if Paul wasn't correcting them and reprimanding them and giving them things they needed to change, then they were probably doing things in a way that was approved of. So um, we kind of look at the way they did church and use that as an example. So let's go ahead and turn to Philippians 1, 1 through 11. I'm just going to read it all together since it's a short chapter. Excuse me says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. When you read it, you can almost like feel Paul's love for this church. Um, It's so eloquently written. And, um, but there's a lot (coughs) we can take from just this small portion of scripture, and we're going to kind of break it down today um, into three sections. And that's true of the whole book of Philippians. There's so much in such a little book. So I would encourage you as we're going through this study, even read it. Try to read it a couple times. It's a short book, so try to read it. It's really impacting. So I've broken it down into three sections, in my mind, in my heart, and in my prayers. And you'll get that on your notes um, to fill in in a minute. But the first one, and that's the first fill-in, is in my mind. And it's uh, taken from verses 3 to 6. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking it's safe to say, unless someone's on your mind, you're probably not going to pray for them, right? Unless maybe you've written their name on a prayer request or you've gotten it here at Bible study. If they're not on your mind, you're most likely not going to pray for them. Um, And in this day and age, we're lucky. We have a lot of things that remind us to pray, um, whether it's a text message or something we see on social media, um, in fact, some of us girls have a little prayer group that we have on Facebook, and people will post their prayer requests there. Um, 
And um, so we, we have a lot of ways um, to remember to pray for people, but Paul didn't have those reminders. So it takes it kind of to another level that he had them on his mind because he didn't have those quick little um, reminders that we get. Um, but most of us, we probably tend to pray more for our family um, because they're on our minds regularly. Um, but in looking at what Paul did, what about your church? What about your brothers and sisters in Christ? Um, And because if something, like I said, is not on your mind, it's probably not going to be in your prayer time. And I see it this way, um, and it's on your notes as well. Prayer starts in your mind and works its way into your heart. So it's going to start in your mind, and then eventually it will make its way down into your heart. Um, I heard this illustration that I thought was really a good way to develop a habit of praying or remembering specifically for our church body. Um, And they said it this way. When you see someone with gray hair, pray for the elderly in our church, which would be our Young at Hearts ministry. When you see a child playing in the park, pray for your children's ministry. When you see a teenager walking home from school, pray for your youth ministry. And... um, I thought that was a really good practical way to build a habit of praying for our church body. Um, You can obviously expand on that list a lot and kind of create your own way of doing that. But um, it's just a helpful tool to remember to pray for your church body. I remember um, Pastor sharing a while back that when he would come to a stop sign or a, a red light, he would recite a scripture. He'd pick a scripture for that week, and every time he came to a stop sign, he'd recite that scripture So it's just developing a habit of keeping your church body and um, your brothers and sisters in Christ on your mind, which will hopefully land that on your prayer list. So, um, and my experience has been the more um, you pray for someone, the deeper your love for them grows. I don't know if you've experienced that too, but, you know, if you're praying for someone that has a need, it's like the Lord, the Holy Spirit just explodes that um, need in your heart, and you begin to just really have a special love for those people as you pray. Um, I've been sick, (laughs) excuse me, sorry, um, this past week, so it forced me to sit still, which is like a really hard thing for me to do. I don't like sitting at home at all. It kills me, and, um, but I had to this week because my doctor yelled at me and said, if you don't rest, you're going to get pneumonia. So, and then my mom found out. And so every day she's been like, are you sitting still? Are you laying down? What are you doing? (laughs) She's checking on me. (coughs) But it gave me a lot of time to pray. And so I've been praying for different ones that the Lord put on my heart. And one friend in particular, um, I haven't talked to in a couple weeks and So I just kept praying for her, and the Lord kept putting her on my heart. So I sent her a text and said, hey, you know, I've been praying for you a lot. And she's like, you have no idea the timing of this text. I needed to hear that. You know, I've had a crazy week. And, you know, but the Lord does that in us when we'll take the time to pray for our friends. Um, So this brings us to our next point, in my heart, which is your second fill-in. And that comes from verses 7 through 8. It says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you. Since I have you in my heart, 
whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. So he clearly thought of them often. And I love how he said it because he wanted them to know that it was really sincere. He said, God can testify. So if you're willing to say, okay, God can testify to what I have to say, that this is in my heart. He really wanted them to know that it was sincere. And I was thinking about um, my grandpa when I was reading this because he'll always say to me, how are you doing, sweetie? And I'll say, oh, I'm doing good, you know, my typical answer. And then he'll look me in the eye and he nods his head. How are you doing, sweetie? And even if my answer is the same, the point is he's trying to say, I sincerely want to know how you're doing. Don't just give me your quick little, I'm doing fine. He wants me to know, I really, really want to know how you're doing. The sincerity of that. And I think that's what Paul was doing here as well. <clears throat> um, and uh, it's important to note, verse 7, it is right for me to feel this way about you. Since I have you in my heart and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Why did Paul love the church so much and think about them so much? It wasn't because they were just such really great people, which they probably were, but that wasn't what developed that love for him. He loved them because they were partnering with him in the gospel, and that's what it says. His whole life was dedicated to furthering the gospel. So anyone that was partnering in that, in that call, he loved. They were family. And I think that's the beauty of the body of Christ. We're all partnering in something much greater than ourselves. We're partnering in the furtherance of the gospel, and we are family. The body of Christ is a beautiful thing. I'm always so blessed to watch how we come together. And all of us have different styles and different backgrounds. We came from different family situations. And yet when we come together, we just kind of are at peace and we gel together and we mesh together. And, um, you know, in fellowship and when we're not together, we there's just a deep love and it's because of that we're partnering in the same goal and the same purpose of, of sharing the gospel and and we have an understanding um, together d- despite our differences. One of my favorite verses is Romans twelve four through five, and most of you probably know this. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many. Form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. <clears throat> and that's what we talked about. You know, we all have differences. We all have different giftings. But when we're together, um, it's a beautiful thing because we all belong to the same purpose. And, and um, <clears throat> it's really because of Christ. <clears throat> Just. And then our third point <clears throat> And our final point is, in my prayers. So it goes from your mind to your heart to your prayers. And this is my prayer. 
that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. (coughs) Paul desired for them to continue to grow, to have godly character and walk in righteousness. And this part really stood out to me. It made me stop and kind of evaluate my prayers for my friends. Because a lot of times we come together, especially even here, we'll come together and we pray for our needs. But oftentimes we forget that really important factor of praying for spiritual growth with one another. Praying for us to um, develop good character and um, godly character. Um, But Paul... Um, knew this was important. He prayed that they would walk in righteousness to fulfill the call of Christ. He prayed that their love may abound. You guys can write this down. He prayed that their love may abound. He prayed for more knowledge and insight. He prayed for discernment and purity. And he prayed that they would be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ. And I have a funny little video that I couldn't resist sharing. It's kind of more of a spoof on how not to pray, but um, you can go ahead and and play it. Kind of funny, but kind of not. Hopefully it's a little bit convicting, too, if that's um, something I think if we're being honest at some point or another. We've probably all fallen into that, and um, it's something to definitely be aware of how harmful that can be. Um, So there's things we should pray out loud and things we should keep to ourselves, right? Because God hears our prayers even if uh, we don't necessarily spew it out of our mouths. Um, A few weeks ago, I was driving the kids to school, and we always take a turn to pray. Each of us prays for the day and prays for each other. And so we're driving, and it comes to Rachel's turn, and she starts to pray, and 
she prays for the day, Lord, help me at school, and God, I pray that you would help Daddy at work today, help him to have a good day, and Father, I pray for Mommy's pimple on her face, <laughs> and I start looking in the mirror, I'm like, I have a pimple on my face? I didn't know I had a pimple on my face, but again, there's things we should pray for out loud, and things that we should just keep to ourselves. <laughs> Anyways, when we're looking at this portion of Philippians um, and praying, when praying for spiritual growth, Paul didn't keep that to himself. He um, took that seriously, and we shouldn't keep it to ourselves either. Um, I remember a few years ago, I was hanging out with my mom. I'm thinking it was probably at our favorite bagel shop, because that's where we like to hang out. And um I started to kind of vent about a situation and um, where someone had really hurt me. And if I'm being honest, I probably took my venting too far. And so my mom just grabbed my hand and she said, let's pray, honey. So we start to pray and, you know, she prays that the Lord would touch my heart and um, touch this person. And then she's closing our prayer and she says, and Lord... I just pray that the words we speak today would be pleasing to you. I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) you know, it's those moments where you're like, oh, man, she had to go there, you know. But she loves me, and she wants me to grow, and, and she wants my heart to be in the right place. And, you know, it's at that moment, and I'm going, yeah, Lord, I want to please you too. I want my words to please you. And it changed the whole direction of our morning just by those simple words. And she wasn't doing it to, you know, be judgmental or convicting or whatever, but she loves me. And I knew that, and she could say that to me. And I'm not saying that we should say these prayers that would be hurtful or convicting or do it for out of wrong motive, but we should be praying for spiritual growth in one another And, um, so I kind of broke it down this way based on, on the scripture we're studying. And I just said, if you have a friend who's struggling with bitterness, pray that her love would abound. If you have a friend who doesn't know what to do, pray for knowledge and insight. If you have a friend who's not making good decisions, pray for discernment and purity And always, always pray for the fruit of righteousness that comes from Jesus, because we all need that, right? (laughs) And you can add to that list, obviously. Um, You can add to to that based on the situation. And again, doing it with love and discernment. We don't want to, you know, hurt people's feelings or or whatever. And, And it might fall into the category of praying privately that, you know, this person would overcome bitterness or anger, you know, whatever it may be, there's going to be those moments where you pray it together and those moments where you um, pray it in private. Um, And really try to develop friendships that you can send that message and say, hey, I'm really struggling with bitterness today. I'm really struggling with anger. Can you pray for that for me? Don't be afraid to, um, you know, you'll know who those friends are that you can trust and and have that open relationship, but don't be afraid to do that. So I'm going to pray as we close, and I'm going to pray this scripture over you guys. So if we could bow our heads. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you for these women, Father. And I thank you that 
you who began a good work in them will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and insight in us so that we can discern what is best and that we may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ Jesus, filled with the righteousness that comes through you, God. Bless us this week, Father. Strengthen us and work in us, Father. We want to be more like you, Lord Jesus. Help us to grow in our friendships and in praying with one another, to grow in character, Lord God, and discernment and wisdom, Lord. And Lord, um, strengthen our bond with one another, Lord. I pray especially for women today who may not have a prayer partner or someone they feel like they can go to for prayer, Lord, and I pray that you would um, show them who that person is and develop those relationships because we need each other. We need the body of Christ, and um, we want to love each other the way that Paul loved the church and the way that you love us, God. So help us this week and this month and throughout this year to grow more and more to be like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we can go ahead and do our homework, or we already did homework.